0: Hi, I'm Brett Terpstra, and this is Systematic on ESN. My guest this week is Jesse Atkinson, a senior software engineer with Khan Academy. How's it going, Jesse? It's going great. How are you? I am... That's a fair question. I'm not sure. It's early enough in the day. I haven't decided yet. We we met a long time ago. Kind of it, weird circumstances. I had, I had reviewed... 100 plus, <laughs> um, a hundred plus applications for a job when I was working at Engadget. Uh, we were hiring for a software developer. Yeah. And I had conducted probably uh, 20 interviews, just me, and had narrowed it down to one application that stood out above all the others, one that I was really excited, and that was you. And then things went sideways at engadget itself and having nothing to do with you (laughs) the uh the position suddenly dissolved right after we had made a a salary offer and somehow you you didn't hold that against me and we went out for uh lunch uh first time we were at uh wwdc together no not
1: not quite so you were in town i was in town in sf uh For a job Um, I had started working contract for a company called tune in that eventually hired me on full time but they had me in town for a week just to work on site and you had tweeted something like I'm in uh yeah I think you were in town for WWDC um it might have been that week but I just emailed you randomly and was like maybe this guy that I'm a fan of and think this is the coolest, uh, nerd on the internet, um, will, would say hi to me or something. And you responded and just said, uh, oh yeah, totally. Let's, let's go get drinks and dinner or something. And, uh, and you took me out for drinks and we drank very fancy whiskey, um, on the company. I had a, I had a corporate card. Then. I was, yeah. Cause I remember it, like, I was a little <laughs> nervous about how much this was costing, but I was trying to be cool. Like I was like, all right, you're an SF. You're, you know this is expensive uh and then when the bill came you were just like corporate card and i was like all right <laughs> <laughs>
0: we talked business we talked mm-hmm. about how how aol that whole situation was not great for you that's business we did, we did but it had all worked out because you ended up in san francisco yeah 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 and so i guess your primary day-to-day work is uh javascript programming
1: yeah i would that's fair a lot of javascript which like i don't know this might be boring for people but like javascript has evolved uh if in case you haven't paid attention like people who wrote javascript in 2010 versus 2018 it's just it's completely night and and day and in 2010 it was i want to make some neat animations on my web page and in in 2018, it's it's how you build like production like they're running like I read recently that they're they're using node in NASA now for some part of the like spacesuit. Uh, so. So, yeah, so JavaScript is is apparently helping people get to space now. So uh, it's changed.
0: I, I started writing JavaScript back in the days when it was called DHTML dynamic html
1: i took a class in college called dhtml and mm-hmm. i never once understood like i remember raising my hand and being like okay so I know what html is and i know what XHTML is kind of what's dhtml and the teacher was just like well it's when you make like your web page interactive and i'm like
0: <laughs> yeah no it was uh it was a misguided Uh, It was a misnomer because really it was just DOM manipulation on top of HTML, but, but things have changed drastically. Instead of just making buttons disappear, it's now running entire web servers.
1: Yeah. It's well, and now the concept of, I mean, again, my title is software engineer, which feels Weird, because I started my career as a web designer, and I did HTML and CSS, and I would take a Photoshop comp uh, from a designer, right. and I would <laughs> slice it up, and then I would figure out what I can't replicate with CSS. Like, where are the actual images, and then I would make a, a website, and now it's, like, and if you had different, like, every time you clicked the link, like, it would full-on, like, full-on refresh Um, right and now it's like when you click a link it just makes the request to the back end and returns with a ton of json and then like react gobbles it all up and manipulates the page
0: yeah things are things are very different i guess we can summarize this with uh, yeah sorry
1: it was very boring
0: where You know, I I feel like everyone who listens to this show, if they're not programmers already or intrigued by programming, they've learned to tolerate a little bit of coding talk. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, uh, I guess that was, it was intriguing to me that you became kind of part of my life after that. You, You were, you were just, you, you, you were like an instant friend. And I started seeing your name around more and more. You developed a lot of acquaintances over time. Uh, I think I don't know if it was just moving to San Francisco or if you were just really good at meeting people. But
1: I think it was a little of both. So again, having listened to it was a combination of listening to to way too many podcasts um, and hearing. Uh, so again, like somebody like um, Merlin. Uh, who does a million podcasts and is very open with his personal life. He will mention his daughter by name. He will talk about his wife. He talks about living in SF and he had had, again, this was back in 2011 or whatever, but you know, he would always tell these horror stories of meeting like a super fan or somebody who is just patently not cool, like crossing the line and a, I was always amazed people behaved that way, and, and B, I was like, okay, don't, don't do these things. And so, when I moved here, right after I moved here, he had a comic book meetup, um, and I went to it. And I remember just saying hi and shaking his hand. And I think he had maybe said like, "Oh, I've, we've tweeted at each other on Twitter or whatever," but like, he didn't know me. And everybody was gathered around him so much at this tiny comic book shop that I was like, I'm new to the city. I'm going to talk to the like people here because I'm not going to go hang out with Merlin. I'm going to like, like he has a life, but maybe I can meet some other cool like-minded people here. And I ended up making three of my best friends uh, in the city at that meetup. Um, so, yeah.
0: So were were you into comic books when you got there?
1: Yes, at this point I was, but the reason why I was into comics was because of Merlin and his incessant like talking about it and realizing that I could just use my iPad to download Wolverine rather than like going to the comic book store and asking them if they have like certain issues from 1984 and like you know that was the always that was always the barrier to entry was Going, I want to read this famous run, you know, by Frank Miller. And then you go to the comic book store and they're like, oh, we don't have those issues. And or if they do, they're like hundreds of dollars or something.
0: We're going to go back to the comics conversation later. I have uh, I, I have some things to share, some new questions that uh, as a um, <laughs> we'll say as a peripheral comic book fan, you you might be able to help me with. Um, Perfect. So, so yeah, but you've you've established uh, a a online presence. You've established Mm -hmm. a a pretty wide network of friends. I I'm impressed for for a kid from Detroit. (laughs) You did all right.
1: It's funny, so because I it's most of the time I meet people and they're just like, oh hi, you know, because again, I'm not, I'm I'm a guy with a regular jobby job like I'm not uh an entrepreneur my website I haven't blogged in like a year um but I guess just meeting people and being nice and saying mostly hey I'm a big fan of your work and then expecting nothing like so that was one thing I did want to mention is you brought up how we met and I remember asking you when we met in person I was just amazed that uh you know, Brett Terpstra was even going to have drinks with me. And I was like, why?
0: You'd be surprised how people how few people invite me to have drinks with them. (laughs) But it doesn't happen that often.
1: I was like, hey, why did you say yes? Like, I'm just a weirdo from I'm just a guy on Twitter. And you said I remember and this has always stuck with me. You said, oh, it's because you didn't want anything. And I was like, huh? And, like, I was just so confused. It's like, wait, people only contact you if they want stuff? And you were just sort of like, yeah, like, everybody that emailed me was, like, (laughs) wanting me to, like, do a thing. And I was like, dude, I just wanted to, like, shake your hand and thank you for making marked. Uh, I don't know. Uh, So I was – but, yeah, that stuck with me when you said, oh, I I agreed to hang out with you or or meet you because you didn't want anything. You just wanted to say hi. And I was like, whoa. (laughs)
0: So you brought up these um rabid super fans of which you clearly are not one but no. it 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 shifts to the topic of of mental health and uh I think that's been as you said in uh some of our early email conversations it, it's a it's a hot topic right now people we're in an age of openness I think is how you phrased it so I guess what <sighs> Do you have any, are, are you, uh, afflicted by any of these mental illnesses?
1: Oh yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, the short, the short answer is yes. Um, it took me, I think a very, it's like a double edged sword because I think with like the onset of puberty, I just started experiencing depression. Like that just happened. Um, and I, it, it's hard because I knew it was depression. Like, if you were to ask eighth grade me, are you depressed? I'd be like, yes. If you were to say, do you think that there's something wrong? I would have said, like, no, because I'm just like, well, everyone's depressed. Like, my heroes were Kurt Cobain and musicians and poets who were grappling with deep, dark issues. So in that and
0: there was something wrong with the kids who weren't into that
1: yes right Uh, like like
0: that's the way it seemed
1: that's seemed. anybody who was just having a good time and not like kind of clinging on to sanity for you know you know clinging on to sanity you know just by their their fingertips like I was just like, what is wrong with you? Are you not looking around? (laughs) And and it sounds so pretentious to say, but I mean, that, that's, that's, that was my state. No,
0: I, I get it. I get it.
1: And so growing up, I just, I don't know. I just shut up about, like, I just lived with it. And it wasn't until I moved out to SF and I'm a homebody and I'm a creature of habit and, uh, I like everything in its right place. I like having a routine. I like knowing where I'm at and moving out here, changing jobs, changing locations, leaving all my friends. Everybody back home was like, oh my God, how do you like SF? Isn't it so beautiful? And the weather's great and whatever. I was dep- I was depressed, like worse than I've ever been, or, or maybe as bad as I was in, in high school. And I couldn't figure it out. And my wife, who was the most amazing person in the world, but she was very much like, and and I never talked about it with her. Like she knew, like she knew it was there, but like I, we never talked. And she was finally like, I think this is legit and you need to go see a doctor. And so when I went to the doctor, um, I, sorry about that. My phone was dinging. Uh, so I went to the doctor and I, they give you the little sheet. And I remember this, I was like 27 or something at the time. And the sheet says, fill out from one to five, all these questions. And it was like three pages. And almost like everyone I was like five, 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 you know, which is the worst. And then everyone, my reaction was who, who doesn't feel this way? Duh, like everyone feels this way. I'm not special. And it was only when I got to the end and it was like your total and you add it all up. And it says like, if you're in this. You know, and I was like way off the the charts according to them. But it, that was a big wake up call when it was like every question I was sort of just going, "Well, who who isn't depressed? Or, like who doesn't have trouble sleeping? Like who you know who doesn't have suicidal thoughts? Everybody has that." Like, ugh. <laughs> and I had just kept doing that my whole life, and it was finally like, going to the doctor. They're like, no, "No, no, no, you don't have to live this way. Like there are options."
0: Right. Yeah, Yeah, that was
1: a very long chance to explain that.
0: No, I I, it's a story I'm really familiar with. Uh, The idea being being depressed or or being bipolar or even undiagnosed ADHD like uh, or or schizophrenia, like all it, it, it affects the way that you assume other people are as well. And the the yeah. biggest realization that people come to when actually starting to treat mental illness, it's like when I first got glasses when I was 12 and realized that trees had individual leaves. <laughs> and you walk around thinking, oh man, things are not the way I thought they were. Nobody else feels the way I thought they did. I actually, the things that I feel that are causing me all this pain that's not normal and that is a that's a huge turning point
1: I love the glasses metaphor and it's one that I cling to when explaining uh depression because you would never ever think I mean glasses are incredibly common uh (laughs) incredibly common uh almost like more adults have them that don't at least in America right but depression it's like you, there's still that like thing of like people think that there's a cause for it sure. like it, like oh you know if, if you if you meet someone who has like a terrible childhood and a, an abusive father or something and they're like I'm depressed you go that I understand why they're depressed they had a hard upbringing or whatever but if you meet someone who had like n- did not have those kind of uh, maybe like a dark situation, and they're depressed you know you're like well why are you sad why don't you and just not... smile more yeah and it took me so... and i think like, me even explaining that that's what i struggled with because i felt like i didn't deserve it right. like i was like i'm like i don't even deserve to not like i felt like i i shouldn't even be allowed to be depressed like how, how dare i like i have such a nice little existence who am i to be depressed and uh but yeah it was a big realization it's like hey dummy this is a lot like glasses uh and poor eyesight um don't be so hard on yourself
0: yeah so do you think that in this age where uh like celebrities and podcasters and uh all kinds of media (laughs) personalities are very open about topics that even five years ago were far more stigmatized and in decades past were not talked about at all. Do you think this era of openness is beneficial?
1: Yes. On the whole, I think it's beneficial. Um, the, the part that spooks me is, and this is probably like a, still like a high school hang up, but like, um, There's that thing where, you know, there's people who legitimately have mental health issues and then there's, because it's something that you can't see, uh, it's not, um, you can't just point and say like, Hey, I'm depressed. See my depression right here. Uh, there's this fear and this is probably a totally manufactured fear, but there's this fear that it's performative and I never want to come off as seeming performative or attention seeking. And I think that there has been some of that, um, online where people are just sort of, I want some attention. So I'm going to do some, some performative, you know, blogging or tweets or Instagramming and, on the whole, I think that that's probably the minority of people. But my own like hangups, I've I've been trepidatious to talk about it, not because I'm ashamed of it or anything, but because I don't ever want someone to think that I'm just like performing. Sure. If that makes
0: sense. Well, and I I think that is part of the stigma, though. Like, mm-hmm. you you look at. You look at other people who who talk about their mental illness, and you think, "Well, my situation's not as bad as theirs, so I really mm-hmm. don't have a right to claim that I have this problem." And that's
1: one hundred one hundred percent it.
0: Yeah, and I think my only concern with the current. Uh, kind of openness about it is fatigue. Like, I I honestly I haven't seen anything where I thought okay, that person's just faking it. Like, it all seems very real to me, and I think it affects more Mm -hmm. people than anyone realizes. Celebrities you know, that are willing to talk about how hard it is for them to go to work. And this happened with the Me Too movement, too. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, we've seen celebrities that we loved, celebrities that we even lusted after come forward and talk about what was happening behind the scenes and therefore change the context of everything and totally it's i worry and 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 it's not a concern so much with the me too movement but with the mental health stuff that people are just going to start to roll their eyes be like yeah another depressed person
1: it's i'm you nailed it you nailed it and i think that's why i've been it's just i see this steady flow of people blogging and bearing their soul and saying you're not alone uh, i struggle with depression and i'm like that's super positive that they are being open and letting other people know that that they're not alone but i haven't done it yet because again i just like like you said there's this i'm i'm worried about a fatigue or a whatever and it's probably entirely in my head but you know i haven't blogged about it or talked about it too much because i'm like well does anybody really need another post about you know a depressed uh well-to-do white guy uh you know and it's probably selling myself a little short but you know
0: i've probably talked about this on the podcast before but like i've never I've never written a dedicated post to, Hey, I have these problems. I have just always, I have never been timid about saying this is, these are all the things that are wrong with me and it it comes up in conversation. I'll mention it in posts about entirely different topics. It's just something that I've never, I've never felt the, the desire to hide from people. Um, if I'm gonna put myself mm-hmm. out there the way one does when one is blogging or podcasting, I don't want to hide behind a a mask. So I've always been super honest about it. And for a decade, I've regularly, even today, still at least three three to four times a week, I just get a note from someone via email or DM saying, "Thank you for talking about." this uh, like mental illness that we share. Uh, It's made it easier for me to go to work every day and be willing to accept that this is who I am and that I'm treated for this thing that I worry other people won't think is real. And so all I'm saying here, I'm not saying I'm a hero, I did anything special. I'm just saying that I think that the more we do talk about it, the more it kind of becomes normal. Oh yeah, I'm treated for bipolar depression. Like I, I would be hesitant to say that in a job interview. It's, it's something, <laughs> I, r- sure. right? Right. I'm, I, but there are times where I would want to hide that because it is still, even though I'm saying I'm treated that I have been stable for years i would still hesitate to tell anyone that i had that kind of disability that they would be liable for and i think Wait, that could change
1: um, no i i i super agree and i well, you, you there's two things i want to touch on that you brought up about you being you like you aren't you're not uh you're Brett Terpstra on the internet, like, you know what I mean? Like you are you. And so you're like, here's some super cool bash scripts I wrote. And here's uh, a post about, um, you know, better touch tool or Markdown or whatever. And then you'll also completely be honest about, you'll, you'll talk about your, you know, your yoga, like you re- really got into yoga, got really healthy and you're you. And I, um, I mean, everybody jokes about personal brands and stuff, but I've, I, it seems, it seems completely exhausting to maintain a personal brand. And so I've just, and again, I'm nowhere near, uh, I'm not really famous in a meaningful way, but I've always just been like, if I'm going to be on line or if I'm going to put myself on the internet, I'm just going to be me. There's not going to be like internet jesse and then private jesse that's just too it's fitting too many plates (laughs) yeah (laughs) i'm just like i'm just gonna be me and eventually i'm gonna offend someone and that's okay and they can they can choose to ignore uh certain things about me you know but if you look at my twitter feed it's 80% 80% of me talking about music because that's what I'm passionate about. If, if, if you go there for hot JavaScript tips, you're going to be disappointed.
0: <laughs> Although your blog has some good JavaScript tips, but
1: it's, uh, yeah,
0: but yeah, uh, I, I revolt yeah. against the idea of building a brand that yeah. isn't honest. I, in fact, I revolt yeah. against the idea of dealing with a brand of, of doing business with a brand that isn't honest. I I hate the idea that someone would sit down and be like, "All right, what is it that people actually want?" I'm going to be that. That yeah, that bothers it's, me.
1: Ugh. Yeah. Like I just, just (laughs) saying that makes me want to take a shower. No, I mean, I think that's why, uh, to, to, to bring him up again, but I think that's why people like Merlin so much and why he's been such a successful, uh, podcaster. At least this sort of stage of his, his career, because you, he, he's just him, you know, he's not selling you. There's no, uh, click this link and sign up, uh, for $20 and I'll give you my hot GTD tips. Right. Um,
0: and, and, and to make that work, I have to be someone who's clearly perfect in getting things done so that I can sell you this idea uh, that I obviously yeah. have this information that you need. Yeah. That's not Merlin.
1: Yeah, no, it, it, it's not him. And it's, it's not, I think a lot of us, and I think that's why he, he is successful. And then, you know, I've had people uh, like I'll send them uh article or something that he wrote or a tweet and they go oh who's, who's this guy he's got like a bunch of he's got like hundreds of thousands of followers and i go oh he he podcasts and talks about comic books and and <laughs> stuff um and it, it like blows a lot of people's minds because they're like, like wait what's the sh- what's the shtick or or even with, with with you like i'll mention you to somebody and they go oh what does he do and they want me to be like oh this is brett who has you know he runs this software engineering blog and he blogs on mondays wednesdays fridays and you can sign up for his email newsletter and you know and it's like eh, no it's just
0: i i wish i could be more like that but i can't
1: i wish i could stick to a regimen but again i you know i i have a commute uh, i i have a job i that have two cats that I'm obsessed with and an awesome wife. And so by the time I'm home and done with dinner and clean the dishes, like the last thing I want to do is like, let me now write a blog about whatever. Most of the time I'm like, eh, I want to play video games.
0: <laughs> yeah. I feel like you want to talk about your wife. Do you want to talk about your wife?
1: She's amazing. She's the best. Uh, my, <laughs> wife, my wife's name's Lauren uh, and she's the absolute uh, uh, best. Uh, there's there's not much more to say than that um she has a blog called lettuce and lip gloss and she's super into makeup and cooking and so her her blog uh focuses on those subjects
0: i i do follow both of you on instagram and i do enjoy her (laughs) uh her makeup experiments
1: (laughs) she'll come out of the bedroom she has like a little vanity in the bedroom she'll come out of the bedroom sometimes with just like you know, green eyes or <laughs> like just crazy experiments. And she's like, what do you think? And I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> you, do you, what? um, find
0: out what Instagram thinks.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Find, that, that's honestly my response to a lot of that. The irony is, is that, that that world, you know, like if you're in the podcasting world of US and all the, um, you know, five by five shows or electric your chat network, or whatever you, you kind of, you get in this culture, Uh, the circle and you follow these people on Twitter and there's totally like a makeup. I mean, there's a version of that for everything, but there's a makeup version. So I get to hear a lot about uh, makeup drama um, and (laughs) YouTube, YouTube scandals. I'm I'm well versed in uh, a lot of makeup drama, um, which surprises people.
0: Yeah, I can't, I can't imagine what that's like, but do say hello. (laughs) I I have met Lauren and it is, uh, she's a delight. So,
1: um,
0: so this touches now, you mentioned it a while ago, but, um, you, you got into running Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and do you have a running regimen?
1: Regimen would be too kind of a word. I, uh, I try to run on a regular cadence, but I'm not yet I want to be one of those robotic people that just wake up at the same exact time every day and go to bed at the exact same time and do like have a robotic routine. I wish I could do that um,
0: I've tried it. it's not fun
1: getting back to the mental health stuff, I think that being really hard on myself about that stuff has been a you know learning <laughs> that hey, if you miss a day of running, it doesn't mean that you're a bad person it's okay um but anyways uh yeah running i I have to have something I'm training for. Otherwise I just won't do it. Whereas if I go, Hey, you threw $200 at this, like I signed up for the San Francisco marathon in end of July. And it's like, well, like that was a big financial commitment, 200 some bucks. And, you know, I posted it on Instagram and I don't, you could interpret that as me like bragging, but it's more me being like, Hey everybody, if I don't do this, like, You know, (laughs) I'm gonna make a big fool out of myself, so
0: it's accountability 100%. Yeah, yeah. so
1: yeah, uh, yeah, I run pretty regularly now.
0: What does it do for you?
1: It's, uh, again, uh, mental health. God, we keep circling back to that, but uh, everybody talks about like, oh, you should meditate, you should um, do all of these. Things and I have tried meditation. I've tried multiple meditation apps. I've tried not using apps. Uh, It's okay. I don't love it. Running is my version of that. Um, I don't run with I don't run with headphones or anything, which I think a lot of people think is um, bananas. But no, I just go. I just go out and run, and I think deep thoughts (laughs) and. you know just work through stuff in my head um and so yeah obviously physically it, it it's good for me but i think the running without headphones and just being in my own head for an hour or two um is really beneficial to me and i think that's kind of my version of of meditation or something
0: oh okay let's be clear that is absolutely meditation <laughs> the thought of of exercising for an hour without headphones is terrifying to me much the way that meditation has always been terrifying to me i've gotten into meditation um i am an addict with bipolar depression and adhd the the combination of which makes the idea of meditating seem terrifying even the addiction aspect alone makes the idea of sitting still with my own thoughts terrifying but I have learned to do it and I have learned to uh benefit greatly from it yet I know that when I exercise my thoughts are they're more free uh yeah. during like an elevated heart rate for any extended period I have clarity of thought that I do not have other times and the idea of at that point going into just a a meditative state where I'm just m- noticing my thoughts. That is scary. So while you think you're not into meditation, you are actually, in my opinion, doing an extreme version of meditation.
1: I just don't Congrats. like sitting still. <laughs> well, thank you. I get that. Uh, which is my, my wife makes fun of me for she goes, you know how to sit still. And I it, it's it's because I love movies and I like TV and like whatever. But I can't – like, people who, like – like, the idea of, like, a double feature – like, I'll read that every now and again for somebody to be like, (laughs) in the 70s, these two, you know, three-hour epics, double feature. And I'm like, the idea of, like, sitting in my car at, like, a drive-in theater and watching, like, two movies back-to-back, that sounds, like, terrible. Because even if I'm liking the movie, like, once one movie's done, I'm like, okay, I want to get up and I want to think about it and I want to, like – like I can't binge TV shows, particularly like heavy HBO style dramas, because I'll watch one and then I like want to sit with it for like a day and like I don't know, think of like having one episode a week of a TV show makes a lot of sense to me. And so the folks who are just like, I binged all of Westworld season one in this weekend, I'm like, that is such like a mental uh fatigue thing like that's a sure dark show
0: yeah my version of binging is watching one episode a night
1: same
0: I mean it's it was a show that came out once a week so it took you know (laughs) three four months to get through this and I'm watching it over two three weeks to me that's binging the idea of watching I I can do max two episodes in a row but then I'm I'm shot yeah It's still binging. You're still watching something at an accelerated pace, but you're not freaking doing coke and just getting through the entire thing in a day.
1: Uh, My wife can she can binge like she watched the entirety of. um, Oh, what the hell is that show with William H. Macy? Um, Shameless. She watched like all seven seasons or whatever of that show in like a week (laughs) like a week. Wow. <laughs> like, it was just like I
0: couldn't get into that show enough to make it through the first two seasons.
1: It is dark. It's heavy. it's just like eating popcorn and like watching and I'm just like I can't do that.
0: Yeah. But uh, I forget what we were into. Oh, jogging.
1: We were running. are we talking about running and, and meditation. Yeah. Uh people who run, like the idea of running with headphones on seems neat. Um but It's also fiddly, and I have learned any. If I can fiddle with something, I will. Like, if I can distract myself with some BS that feels like work but isn't actually the thing I'm trying to do, I will totally do the other thing. Uh, And so.
0: I know. I read your article titled, uh, like, Tmux, Vim, and Italics.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's like my most popular internet thing i've ever written and it's just
0: it's so entertaining to watch you go down the rabbit holes that we all do oh my god but you kept checking in okay so here's where i'm at what was i doing (laughs) what was the goal of all this
1: who knows that you you liked it because i wrote it (laughs) and i was like i wrote it in a way that wasn't very like this is how you get vim Tmux and italics to work it was right this is mine
0: this was my horrifying (laughs) journey down this hole
1: i just remember (laughs) like i was modifying things at the system level that i didn't know what they did but i was just like blindly like whatever (laughs) like i i I want to
0: yeah you were very honest about that so how far do you run generally uh what's a run for you right
1: now uh five miles like two to three times during the week, like I'll do five mile runs. Cause that's about, cause I do have a long commute now. Um, and so I squeeze that in, in the morning and then on the weekend I will do probably, uh, one like eight mile run and then one like 11 to 12 mile run. Um, I'm probably going to start increasing that a little bit cause I do have the, the marathon I got to train for. So.
0: <laughs> so I'm, I'm concerned enough about my knees at this point in my life. I've had, I've had I, I used to mountain bike. I used to race and over a few years of that, I developed a uh, kind of a, a differential between the muscles above my knee and below my knee, and it led to tendinitis. And I have had knee problems ever since when I got really heavy. Those were exacerbated. I don't have day to day knee problems now, but. I, I tried running for a while. I enjoyed it except for the wear and tear on my joints. So I'm trying to find. It's
1: it's hard on your body. It it really is.
0: Is there an alternative? Is there something that has the same. Like I've considered swimming. But for me, even though I live in the land of 10,000 lakes. That's really going to. I also <laughs> live in the land of 50 below. So yeah, <laughs> I'm going to need it's, an alternative. It's
1: hard when you have winter like when i was in detroit it was hard to even do any exercise in the winter mm-hmm. i get it yeah uh no alternative would be cycling i guess i mean that's yeah that's the biggest i mean half the cyclists i mean because i do also uh, got into biking last year um but most of the cyclists i meet are former runners people who go i ran and then i hurt my sure
0: <laughs> yeah i guess that makes sense <laughs> no, <I bike. laughs> well and i live in the unglaciated territory the the driftless quote unquote region of uh the upper midwest where it is all bluffs and valleys and they there are a lot of hills to climb around here we we have some of the best mountain biking in the region simply simply because we have the tallest bluffs and we've cut trails into them and it, I could get back into mountain biking. I tried out a fat tire bike. Like, I quit mountain biking long before the fat tire thing was a thing. Yeah. I tried a fat tire bike. I crashed. I don't know the last time that I went endo into a bush, <laughs> but I did on those things. They steer so weird. They just I could showed get up, used up to one it. day, too. The like yeah. fat
1: tire thing. It was like everybody had these, like, bike. You know, uh, Full suspension,
0: you uh, yeah. like two and a half inch tires. Yeah.
1: It just like showed up one day where I was like, wait, these, what is this? They're like, mountain bike. And I'm like, no, that's not what a mountain bike looks like. Like that.
0: <laughs> it, no, big. prior to that, <laughs> you saw that in uh, like desert and dune bikes, bikes made for mm-hmm. tearing down the side of a sand dune. Like that's where I mm-hmm. first saw tires that big. Yeah. Now it's now it's everywhere. And everyone's like, oh, you 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 barely even need suspension anymore because you can just you see a log and instead of bunny hopping over it, you just <laughs> ride <laughs> just into it.
1: it. Yeah, no, thank you.
0: <laughs> well, and I still have this instinct to, like, pull up on the pedals and and mm-hmm. pop the front and it doesn't work on a fat tire. So I got frustrated really fast with that. And I've never owned a road bike. But I think maybe I should, because much like the mountain bike trails, all the roads around here are hilly and up and down. That might be my answer, because the yoga is working for me Uh, from a mental health perspective. It's really, really good for me just to focus on my breath and clear my head while breaking a good sweat like it has that effect. And I love it. And I'm not going to stop doing it. But I do need, I need some cardio.
1: But to be, to be clear, like you, you're, you have gotten in really great shape. I mean, you, you mentioned, you said you'd gotten, um, had gotten a little heavier and that was hard on your knees. And I think we met when, when you were a little heavier, I mean, you, uh, you've definitely yoga's done uh, wonders for you.
0: Well, thank you. I'm, I'm down 70 pounds. I've kind of hovered oh, yeah. at that point though. Like. I'm at 190 pounds. I think my ideal, like if I were in perfect shape, I think it's 175. So I've got a few more pounds to go and I kind of got stuck. I was thinking about trying the keto keto diet, yeah. except for I don't have a gallbladder. So my initial experiments with Ooh. it have result because it's an basically all fat diet and the gallbladder is what allows it provides the bile that lets you process fat and without a gallbladder that can get really painful so i'm kind of tiptoeing around that for now but i do like I, it, I need i need the cardio
1: gallbladders, uh, gallbladders and bile and, uh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh that felt like you were gonna lead into that reminds me
1: no 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 i'm just like this is uh very uh T- totally has uh, everything to do with systematic. Um, <laughs> no, I guess your show is—I guess it's not like a specific topic. It's more just like people who are uh, generally decent at using a computer talking about uh, nerd stuff and or yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, it's it's an organic conversation that goes wherever uh, <laughs> wherever it goes. I have very little control over myself or others. <laughs> there is one last topic. How much time do you have?
1: Uh, I got I got all the time in the, for you Brett I got all the
0: time <laughs> This might go 15 minutes over because there's one last topic I really feel like belongs on this episode before we get to the top 3 picks oh.
1: mm-hmm.
0: Uh y- you you used to be pretty passionate about Apple products
1: mm-hmm.
0: That seems to have changed <laughs> a
1: little bit
0: <laughs> I am I'm really curious to talk about this and and I will I will prefix it by saying I have lost some passion as well. So you're not, you're not on enemy territory here.
1: Yeah. I'll say this. I think everybody, so people, I think everybody kind of has, right? So when I got my first Apple computer in 2006, right? So I'm, I'm not a, a John Sirkis I didn't grow up with the, you know, Apple II or anything. Um, I used Windows growing up because that's what you used. And if you wanted to play video games, that's what you used. And then I went away to school, and all the designers and video people had uh, the iBooks, the white iBooks. Um, and and then, like, if you were really cool, you had the black one. Um, and I used it. It was on, like, Jaguar, I think it was the 10.3 yeah. or whatever. Anyways. Uh, so I used that and I was just blown away. I was like, this is so bubbly and friendly and like beautiful. And this is miles ahead. And Apple was a completely different company. Um, again, this stuff we all know, but like just setting the stage. So like, I finally got this, this Mac and got really into it. And, Learned, and I got it while learning to program and in, in college and getting into this whole world. And so, see, like the the world of Windows was such a hot mess. Like dealing with like, you can't do too much at least back then without at some point having to edit your registry. <laughs> Reg edit. Fact, yep. Like, yeah, or, like, update drivers. Mm-hmm. And, like, the fact that I could just plug USB devices in and they would work or, like, install an app and it would just work, I was, like, tight over heels. And so I think Apple was solving a very real problem uh, and, and doing a good job at it. And they were charging a premium. And this is all just facts, yeah. right? Like, I think they're doing an awesome job and they were charging a premium. You you want, you know, because people, the criticism back then and still is, oh, like, I can get that on a, you know, uh, I can get the same specs, uh, of, you know, that an Apple machine ships up on a Windows machine for half the price. Is like, yes, but you, you you know, they, they can charge a premium because it's very nicely done. So my frustrations in, in burnout is just this sort of, now that they're the most, literally the most, like, profitable, power i mean the the world has changed uh it's the sort of fatigue who people like identity like when they put their personal identity into apple that's what's kind of burned me out and i've just seen um where like apple has solved a lot of the bigger problems and now they're solving like problems that people don't have (laughs) they're solving problems like what if the laptop was thinner what What if if instead of keys
0: when you wanted to hit function you had an oled strip yeah yeah
1: yeah and it's so it's that's my like to not be too too, too much of a negative Nancy because I don't want to you know I know a lot of your listeners are Apple
0: fans so we're, and, we're all also real. I don't want to be the
1: guy I don't want to be like you know poo-poo on Apple too much but they are are the most powerful company in or or the least most profitable company in the world. I mean, it's totally night and day from where they were a decade ago. So like a good on them, but B like recognize that like, it's weird to me to see like grown adults put their personal identity into a, the most powerful or most profitable company in the world. It's like, if you met someone whose like personal identity was also like tied to Pepsi like you would be a little weirded out. You'd be like, why are you so into Pepsi? <laughs> like,
0: how much are they paying you?
1: Yeah. And that's how I feel about Apple. When people are just like, like when the HomePod came out and it's like, that was like a real dividing line between people who are really drinking the kind of Apple Kool-Aid are just like, all right, HomePod, this, I'm going to get this. This thing is awesome. And everybody else is like, What? like this thing is how much money it only does what you know and at a certain and we
0: still have to use siri
1: and we still have to use siri which is really not good um so yeah it's it's that and you know i've done the since moving out here and and a lot of my friends are very tied in the apple world uh one of my Dear friends Jesse Char runs a uh, design conference called Layers that happens around WWDC. I've done the website for, for that. Uh I didn't do the website this year, but I did it the past couple years. Um so I'm around this world and so it, it it's just it it got to a point where uh I guess my burnout is that when I think that people aren't very interesting outside of like their opinions on Apple. Like when they're, they, they they've put so much of their identity in their self, uh, what they think makes them interesting in Apple. It's weird. And the only thing I can compare it to is like Pepsi or Rolex or something. You would just think, you know, if somebody is really passionate about Pepsi, you would think that there's something wrong with them.
0: Yeah. So uh, we come from very similar backgrounds. I, like, I actually was anti-Apple in my teens just because it was it was the enemy. I I mm-hmm. became anti Windows, uh, because Microsoft was infuriating as well. And as you said, Windows was a hot mess. This is like Windows ninety five era. Okay. Oh. And and I I had switched to Linux. And if if I had thought that OS nine was uh, usable. Mm-hmm. I, I would have considered getting a Mac, but I could build a PC for 300 bucks. yeah and I could run I could run open source operating systems on it. So that was all I had. And then I went to school, I went to art school, saw everyone using Macs, mm-hmm. had to use Macs as part of my uh, you know coursework. And this is the year I graduated the year that OS 10 came out. So when I got to my first job and they asked me what computer I needed, I asked for a Mac and I got it with OS 10 and so the I game found is,
1: u- I'm surprised because my first jobby job in, uh, or no, sorry. My second jobby job where I like was a programmer, uh web designer, I asked for a Mac and they looked at me like I had lost my mind. They're like, no, 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 no. Here's your company issued. Uh, you know laptop with windows xp
0: yeah well i will say that the it department at this company resisted me but also i was their entire art department at that point
1: <laughs> you're like i'm an artist i have to have a mac like have you seen obviously you know? yeah and that that so, i think is still fair i think if you want to do serious design work on linux you're going to be struggling
0: right right absolutely and that used to be the only reason people would truly espoused the Mac mm-hmm. was it, it's the best thing for design work. And that used to be, it's only real stronghold in the business world. Yeah, That's changed. But like the first time I sat down at a Mac and dragged one thing to another thing, and it did <laughs> exactly what I thought it should, mm-hmm. even though it was kind of a wild guess on my part, I was sold. I was like, windows yeah. never did this for me. Nothing it- ever I always had to look up. What can yeah. you drag to what? Yeah. This is brilliant. And I, I became the a Mac guy.
1: Dart bar would just change out from underneath mm-hmm. you. And yeah. like, so I remember the first time I installed a program and it wasn't in the dock, And I had to like, Oh, where did that program go? And I had to Google it. But like once I figured it out, I was like, Oh, if I choose what goes in the dock, Okay. Right. Um, yes. Yeah, so again, these are, we're talking about like very real advantages and things that they did really well. And I think what helped to make them such a successful, uh, company, but then there's this, so I guess my burnout comes from when you say, or, or when I say to people like, they'll go, Oh my God, I got my AirPods. I love them. And I just go, yeah, not, not for me. They want to like fight about it. They're like, why? <laughs> I'm like, oh. oh, and then I'm like, well, we can get into it. I can tell you why I don't have an Apple Watch and why I don't use AirPods. But like, I'm you know, I don't, I don't want to like down talk down on this thing. But if if you want to do this, let's do it.
0: Um, right. Well, so that. what I see, what gets me, like Apple's, they still do some great things, and they're under this intense pressure to like quarterly come out with something so brilliant that it changes mm-hmm. the industry. And otherwise people are like, Apple's lost their edge. So they're trying um, it's much to my chagrin. I don't feel that Apple under jobs would have ever uh, put out something like the home pod in the, in the state it's in right now, just to yeah. appease the, the newspapers. I'm sorry, newspapers don't exist anymore, um, <laughs> to appease the pundits. But, I, but what, what gets me is when someone tells me they have a Pixel, I want to talk about why they love the Pixel, not tell them why they should have an iPhone. And when I see that happen, when people are like, you have, you have blank, why don't you get, just get an iPhone? Mm-hmm. It's clearly superior to everything. Like where's the curiosity? I, I I buy an iPhone because I'm invested in the Apple ecosystem. It makes sense for me. I get that it doesn't make sense for everybody.
1: I think that's the right attitude to have. Yeah, like I, if I'm like Android phones were hot garbage when the iPhone came out. They were sure. terrible, and so I think it's fair for someone. in You just 2000- made it sound
0: like the the like Android existed when the iPhone came out, but.
1: For, yeah oh, sorry you're you're right the <laughs> smartphones of the time were really bad yeah. um and i think that a lot of what, what you're saying you nailed it with the curiosity because it's like there's this thing where it's almost like if the, there's a certain kind of person or a certain group of people where if apple doesn't make it they almost don't know about it and there's no intellectual curiosity and so at a certain point you have to say you're not into tech and you're not necessarily into, uh, you're not so much into technology as you are just flat out into Apple. And that's okay. But call a spade a spade. Like don't, don't pretend that you are some know-it-all tech visionary when really you're just an Apple fan, which is fine, but just call yourself that. Don't, don't pretend like you, uh, are well-versed in the greater, you know, tech world.
0: Yeah. All right. That makes sense. And that 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 uh, harkens to the uh, Pepsi analogy perfectly.
1: Yeah. It's, All right. Yeah.
0: So this is going to go long for sure. But are you oh, ready sorry. for the top three picks? Yes. No, that was my fault. Don't, don't <laughs> apologize. Did you see the dim spiration that came out on Monday?
1: <laughs> yes. Wait. Oh, God. Uh, I could. Talk there were, I, I really want to know what got you into this, but we can. Uh, discuss that another time. I love your dimspirations. I love them. I don't know why you started them, but I adore them.
0: (laughs) Well, in brief, I kept getting in my feeds on Instagram and on Twitter these motivational things that were just short (laughs) quotes telling me the answer to my life and Mm -hmm. everything I was feeling bad about, and they make me mad. So I would just come up with sarcastic quips, and I started making the opposite of inspirational memes. But uh inspired obviously full deference to despair dot com who owns this market. But anyway, Mondays was uh uh sorry I keep apologizing for everything. Shit, I did it again.
1: I, sorry. I read that one and laughed because I do that. Like my wife, oh, yeah. tells me, she goes, stop apologizing. I go, sorry. Yeah, exactly.
0: I think everyone can relate to it. I found that especially uh, women in American society can relate to it because it's just an ingrained behavior to apologize. Even if you're apologizing for apologizing and then possibly uh, incepting that in apologizing for apologizing for apologizing. Yeah. It it gets ugly, but yeah. Anyway, I, <laughs> don't I apologize. Am, I love this the is my fault.
1: <laughs> I uh, I grew up in the church, and I now have repurposed a lot of the church uh, Christianese or churchy sayings. I will use them often on friends and or wife, and they want to punch me in the face, and I love it. You uh,
0: should you should make a sarcastic version of an Our daily bread little booklet
1: (laughs) just yeah whenever my wife's having like a bad day i'm like you know sometimes you just gotta let go and let god and she just oh she wants to kill me
0: (laughs) (laughs) i found myself incorporating uh handmaid's tale phrases just Uh, under his eye (laughs)
1: like Yeah. yeah anyway okay I so, I
0: it. so, I, so i'm 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 an episode behind and i'm having trouble like this used to happen to me with the walking dead uh like i could not psychologically work up the motivation to find out what awful thing was going to happen and this season of handmade has got me there like i i'm so hesitant to go through watch- the psychological trauma
1: Yeah, we've only seen, we watched the first episode of season two and we're like, oh man, okay, this is getting interesting. And then we just haven't continued watching, not because we don't want to, but it's just like, we go home from work, cook dinner and go.
0: Yeah, (sighs) get a a few episodes in and have all of your dreams crushed. Mm. No spoilers, just (laughs) saying. That's what I thought was going to happen. Oh, it absolutely does, because it's that kind of show. <laughs> but anyway, top three picks, shall like, we? I
1: told, I told my wife, I said, if this show doesn't end with her just murdering everybody, I'm going to be sad. Uh, yeah. Anyways.
0: <laughs> okay, so three picks, back and forth, you get to start.
1: Oh, I get to uh, Okay, so top three, you said it can be kind of anything you're interested in. Uh, I'm going to pick Super Chunk's newest record called What a Time to Be Alive um, I am obsessed with this record because it is um, A, Super Chunk's an older band most older bands are remembered for their first two records, if that and then they keep putting out music and people just go, yeah, 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 play, shut up and play the hits, play your first stuff this new Super Trump record I think is their best and it is one of the most like un- unambitious records, and I mean that in a positive way. It's just like 30, 35 minutes of gleeful, perfect power pop uh, that is very much about of the time. It's about kind of the Trump administration, about our current... I mean, the title is called What a Time to Be Alive, and it is very tongue-in-cheek. Um, so I just, I love it. I think it's a joy, and it is one of the most... Unambitious records and i mean that in a positive way so if you like power pop uh put it on
0: i when when you you sent me these top three picks in advance which is not it's it's only happens occasionally but when you did i listened to this entire album because I, I was a big super chunk fan okay and you are correct <laughs> this may be their best album and that is impressive yeah, and it didn't. Do you remember when Metallica got Bon Jovi haircuts? <laughs> yeah. Like when sure. they tried to reinvent themselves post grunge era, and they came yeah. out with like short hair and everything. So and that's
1: it, when I discovered Metallica, and I hated <laughs> them. And then my buddy was like, "Wait, it have, you it? have you heard? Have you Injustice for All'? And I'm like, "No." And then he put it on. Right. Like, Wait, this is you got to go back.
0: You got to go back. Like uh, ride the lightning and justice. Anything after the black album, yeah, you're gonna hate Metallica. Yeah. Because yeah. they did this ambitious rebranding of Metallica. Yeah. Especially after the whole like Napster thing. Anyway, Ugh. super chunk. This album, they didn't try to reinvent themselves. Yeah. They just worked with who they were now. It's a really honest album, and I'm I really loved it.
1: It's the first record in in a long time, and I listen to a ton of music, but it's the first record in a long time that I'm learning the lyrics to, like not sitting down and trying to, but it just like I'm singing along and I'm like, oh, I actually know the words where, you know, most of the time I don't get that level of familiarity with records. Uh, sure. At least in the modern era.
0: Sweet. All right, so I'm I'm going to match you with my first pick. Yeah. In so far as... I, I wish I could be like, yeah, Dinosaur Jr. has a new album, and... But, no. I have been super into AWOL Nation for quite a while now. And... I
1: don't even know what that
0: I, is. You've heard the song Sale. I guarantee you. It's in the background okay. of car commercials now. Every extreme sports video you've ever watched on YouTube has Sale in the background of it. Okay. And it's a decent song, but it will get old fast. Um... But because of sale, because I heard it in a like Red Bull extreme sports video, Mm -hmm. um, I was like, who is this band? And I looked it up and honestly, I couldn't tell you much about the band. I believe it's really one guy. Um, But the last three albums that he's put out have been it's music for. I, what would you call it it's not techno it's it's inspired by uh, a broad range of pop and rockabilly and blues mm-hmm. and you can hear all of these influences but it's created by someone who is clearly ADHD <laughs> uh, like it's these his emotions come out in these very um, they outbursts you know like he are, says are there things, any lyrics yeah, there are. Okay. Uh but but they're not they're not deep lyrics. If you read them on paper, you would pan them. If you hear them the way that they are manically overstated mm-hmm. in the music, it's if if you are ADHD or you have ever loved someone who is ADHD, you'll get it. You'll hear it and you'll be like, I feel this passion. These are actually this is it's deeper than it sounds, is what I'm trying to say, but that's not to justify my listening to it because at the same time, it's just really fun music. It's poppy, it's a uh, little bit rock and roll, a little bit country, a little bit techno. I shouldn't say country, there's really no country in it. Um, it's got like aspects, like the song, the sales song that I'm talking about had some dubstep kind of uh, corners to it. Okay without like the bass drop and the big, Mm. it it, it was all there though. He incorporates so many different styles. And if you're a fan of music in general, it's really fun to, to pick out. Oh, I see what he did there. It's a double time, like rockabilly blues riff. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I, Mm. I can't say that everyone will love it. Like there are very specific parameters. I think you have to be into high energy music you have to at least have known and understood at some point someone who is ADHD mm-hmm. and uh, but for people who can fit those criteria it is really fun music
1: all right now i'm going to i'm going to check this out
0: listen listen first song listen to uh jailbreak off the album run okay that is the song the lyrics mean literally nothing in that particular song but I, there's something about the construction it. i do though and that's what's weird is for me lyrics are the first thing i judge about a song it can be very musically proficient and i will mm-hmm. hate it if the lyrics sound stupid to me this song though it, <laughs> something about the structure musicality works for me right
1: all right i'm excited to know about a new band.
0: Excellent. What's your second pick?
1: Um, my second pick is a video game called Celeste. Uh if you follow video games at all, you've probably heard of it. Uh it got a perfect 10 from IGN, which is they don't dole those out too often. Uh and they definitely don't give them to indie games. Um it's available on like every platform so uh, again it's called celeste and it is a pixel art platformer like pixel art 2d platformers So think uh mario uh that deals it's like the whole game is a giant metaphor for depression and anxiety um to so go back to our mental health talk but it's It's a tough-as-nails platformer, and I think that's why a lot of people don't play the uh, platformers. However, death is very inconsequential in this game, so typically when you die, you'll see... Your character will have a death animation, and you'll see like a little loading screen or something. When you die in this, you are instantly back from where you fell. Uh, And so it is just... and when, and when you do encounter loading screens in between levels, it says very gentle, nice stuff. It says, like, hey, it's okay if you die a lot. It means you're learning. And, like, almost, like, how much you die is almost like kind of, like, a part of the game or a gimmick of the game. Um, but anyways, it's a tough-as-nails platformer. And then the backdrop of it is, is you're uh, a girl named Madeline, and you feel compelled to climb this mountain to... Uh, the mountains called Celeste, You feel compelled to climb it to prove something to yourself, and it's a little ambiguous about why exactly you feel compelled to do it. But the the dialogue uh, and the characters you encounter along the way are just really, really, really sweet and real in a way that I haven't seen in a in a game, and I think in a way that only an indie game could really do. Um, and so yeah uh it's tough and i found myself tearing up at the end as i was you know kind of climbing up the mountain like i was getting emotional because i'm like i you know she she talks through kind of her mental hang-ups and her stresses and her depression and anxiety and i was like holy cow this this game that is still very much a video game you know it's not like one of those kind of just walking simulators where you're experiencing a story (laughs) but this game is very much still a video game is uh Uh, hit
0: me right in the gut and i love it huh so i've never uh, the games that i have gotten the most into in my life have been endless runners i've never beaten a video game i've never (laughs) finished a video game
1: wow
0: right apparently this is a thing i didn't even realize that was normal (laughs) but (laughs) i did i used to play games uh uh, back in 1984, there was a game called Jumpman on the PC Junior that I was a pro at. Okay, uh, Enduro on my uh, Atari 2400. Excellent, I could I could beat everybody. Got the pa- the patch for my Jean Jacket and everything. <laughs> Modern era, I play threes. I play Altos Odyssey these days. I i've never beaten a video game you is got this
1: the into the monster one that oh
0: man monsters ate my condo
1: yes oh my god i got into it and then my wife got super into it and now she still plays that thing
0: um, you you can't uh, the current version of ios won't even run the original anymore oh, they didn't update hard. it yeah i i stopped after i got three trillion <laughs> i was really good at that game but you don't beat it I think that's I learned the about thing it is
1: from systematic from like twenty eleven or something
0: I talked about it a lot at that point, yeah i but you you can't you can't win. you just always <laughs> are trying to beat your own last score. It wasn't even a social game, like the leaderboards <laughs> didn't even really care
1: yeah.
0: so i'm 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 curious, you say it's tough as nails. is it something that someone whose experience with platform games dates back to nineteen eighty four and is Uh, pretty much rusted since about 1989. Is this something I could ever see the end of?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very much. You can beat it. I mean, if you... There's speedrunners who've beaten it in in well under an hour, so you can... But, you know, don't go into it thinking... I think (laughs) when I beat it it was like seven hours? Eight hours-ish?
0: And you're playing this on what platform?
1: I personally bought it on the Switch just because I wanted to, because it's the Switch, and I'm like, well, I'm going to... Because it's not a game that benefits from uh, graphical power. So I have a sure. PS4 and a Switch. And so I was like, well, I'm going to get on the Switch because then I can travel with it. So, But yeah, I think it's on literally everything.
0: It's on Windows, Switch, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Mac OS, and Linux.
1: With even so, Linux?
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's a broad release. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's a, I, I it's got a lovely it. game.
0: I got excited when I saw it in your notes because Celeste is the name of the prettiest barista in the area <laughs> where I live. And I was like, how does he know?
1: <laughs> you thought you were gonna click the link and it was just gonna be a photo of her. <laughs> <laughs> I highly recommend this beautiful barista. <laughs>
0: <laughs> She's worth going to buy a double espresso for. <laughs> um we'll leave that. We both have partners. So, (laughs) all right. My second pick. Oh, so uh, someone made a joke um, in regards to fraying apple cables uh, about Sugru. And I thought, what is Sugru? So I went and I looked it up and I bought some. Are you familiar with Sugru glue? No. It is. It's a moldable glue. Basically, it like Play-Doh that you can shape to fit uh, like we'll say a frayed cable, right? Where there's bare wire showing. You can shape it around it and then when it dries it it affixes but remains flexible. So it's perfect for joints that are going to take some twisting and torque. And you can use it uh, for modding a game controller, for example. You can like actually build on your like D pad, you could build a joystick with it. Huh. I know, I know terms like D pad, even though I don't game. <laughs> I don't know how that happened, and I don't know why it's called a D pad. But I do know that. Oh, that's so obvious. It's dumb. <laughs> so anyway, I I I just got my first uh, little pack of this stuff and. Mm-hmm. I have only used it for repairing the cable that comes off of my uh, Thunderbolt display that is old enough that the power adapter on it does not fit on my 2015 MacBook Pro. And the Thunderbolt cable on it has worn down to bare wires at the joint, as do all of my Apple cables and power adapters after a certain period of time. They're real. That has been, that has been a huge point of disillusion for me. How can a company that pays so much attention to detail not make a power adapter that is guaranteed to get this amount of twisting and bend not find a material that does not break
1: well the the cynical answer is because they want you to buy more cables
0: right at seventy to ninety dollars for a power adapter yep yeah it's yep. a it it's no wonder they're profitable <laughs> So anyway, I, I guarantee you, even if you offhand can't think of a use for Sugru, Sugar. bookmark right. it. S U R G R U. Bookmark it and then when suddenly you're like, I need to fix this, but I need something that isn't gonna make it solid and something stronger than just wrapping scotch tape around it. <laughs> this is this is what you're gonna go back to.
1: Alright, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to get some of this stuff now.
0: I that was my uh, that's how I bought it too. Someone talked about it, and I was like, oh, I gotta try this. <laughs> I had a guest that talked about The Last Glue. Have you ever heard of The Last Glue?
1: No, that sounds like a uh, like a children's book
0: or uh, like a euthanasia kind of thing, <laughs> but <laughs> euthanasia for addicts this is the last glue you'll ever huff but um <laughs> it, if you look if you go to amazon you search for last glue it's this 30 dollars bottle of a type of super glue we'll call it that will basically adhere anything to anything with great power but is yet still removable um okay, i have awesome. not i have not come up with it's bookmark it's always the first thing that shows up in my after i make a purchase on amazon it's like here are the things left in your cart for save for later i i haven't gotten there yet but it is definitely the day i need it i know exactly what i'm gonna buy okay so uh you got our number three
1: yeah my number three is boring and i already talked about it um I fretted over these, these choices, but I'm just going to say running, uh, and running is my third pick. And, uh, maybe that's a cop out cause you, you can't, there's no Amazon affiliated link. Oh, um,
0: I, I love these. It's fine.
1: But I recommend with running. I wanted to just, like, a general recommendation of, like, just be, like, get out, go running outdoors without headphones on, like, that is, that is my top three pick, uh, or my third pick, because it's, um, a lot of people disassociate running, like, again, like, the treadmill, and I don't, I don't know if this is a rumor or not but i've always heard the treadmill was like originally like some sort of torture device they made prisoners run on and then <laughs> now you know we put a tv in front of it whatever but they're miserable treadmills are miserable i can be on a treadmill watching the most entertaining thing ever and i want to die um because just something about being outside contending with uh, and I say contending with, I fully recognize like running in a city, like you're not contending with much. Like, it's not like you're fighting a bear, but you're still contending with wind, rain, like just being outside. Um, and so getting outside, contending with just, Hey, I'm a, a human outside and then getting far enough away from home. That's like, a, maybe a hair scary. There's something about that for me that I just love, like being outside running and you know whatever you're dealing with some wind and just realizing like oh my god like i'm a tiny little human in this earth the earth could just swallow me and there's almost like a stoic piece that comes with uh distance running and where you're not being distracted by uh by stuff being piped into your ears where you're just with your own thoughts um so yeah it's not for everybody and if you can't do it i recommend maybe biking or something but i just think it's uh, it's good for everybody I I have
0: to tell you I have the utmost respect because uh, as much as you say you you can't meditate, <laughs> what you just described you added to the terror that it was before by talking about getting far enough away that you get scared, yeah. like knowing yeah. that the entire trip you've had so far you have to do again to get back home, uh-huh. and then going farther, yeah that that is
1: i love that feeling because it's like well there's some
0: serious zen there
1: there's this because it's just like well i can either uh you know sit down and cry about this i can either keep going i can i can call a lift i guess uh but then i'd feel really embarrassed uh you know and so it's just like no like i'm gonna keep keep going with this
0: okay so i'm imagining this happening where i live which is a (laughs) a smaller town and if i'm gonna go running for that long i'm gonna end up in the woods yeah which is where i prefer to run anyway trail running
1: is nice it's fun so
0: there is no option for a lift uh (laughs) it's and and you're pretty quickly out of cell phone range um okay so like to me it's a truly a survival prospect
1: See, If, I love if that you sense. go far
0: enough, I like I. It's appealing to me. Like what you're describing right now, I'm enjoying the terror, the, the terrifying nature of it. I, I yeah, like I, my, I can see where you're coming from.
1: My friend recently asked me. I feel like this is a sneak thing I'm inserting, but like my friend recently asked me why I loved the, the movie The Revenant so much because I think a lot of people watch that movie and go okay nice it was a well-made movie or whatever and then they move on and and it ended up being just like i loved the the idea of just being in nature and contending with the fact that you are this little human dealing with all of this world that is much bigger than you and so i think that movie uh illustrated that really well and um but yeah she was like oh she's like i didn't even think of it like that i just thought it was about a guy who Got attacked by a bear and then traveled back
0: home. Like the hell? Yeah. Uh, certain things speak to different people differently.
1: Yeah, that movie That movie completely hit me.
0: Nice. I've added it to your pick.
1: Oh, God. I'm All sorry. right. Shouldn't have done a fourth it's, pick.
0: Oh, no. You, you win. <laughs> you, you get a bonus. Um, <laughs> so my last pick, and if we were short on time... This was going to be a whole conversation, but we'll keep it briefer. Um, I, I'll, as, as kind of backstory prefacing, I started going to Comic Cons, and I am not a comic book guy. Uh, I did find, like, I went first, first Comic Con I went to, I went to visit uh, uh, Dan Peterson and Dave Chartier in Chicago. Okay. Uh, both friends from my, brief stint at agile uh one password and uh like david is an amazing blogger dan is still the designer the lead designer for one password i love these guys so when they were like you guys need to come and see comic con I said yeah obviously let's do that so I went to Chicago uh first one I th- it was Wizard World Chicago I had no idea what I was doing. Oh, wow. I, I haven't read a comic book since I was probably under 14. I I had no adult interest in comic books, but I wanted, I wanted to see this. And also I'm not good with crowds. So this was, this was a decision, (laughs) (laughs) but I went, I, I loved it. I, I, started to be very curious about not so much like Marvel comic books, but the indie comics, uh, walking through like artist alley and yeah. seeing all these independent artists that were literally doing their own PR out there on the floor. I got curious, like what stories are these people telling? And I've read There's a few So much good stuff, right? That's the thing is like, I don't know how to find the best stuff, uh, I, I did, at the last one I went to, um, e, C3, C3, E3, C2, E2, C2, E2. That sounds right. <laughs> it was C's and numbers. It was the last Chicago Comic-Con. Uh, uh, my, I mean, w- one of my recent guests, Alex, was she ran a couple of the uh, events at C2, E2. I'm absolutely sure that's what it was called. But one of the uh, publishers that I found was Source Source Point Press. And Mm. uh, Elle, my partner, actually picked up uh, a book from them called Grief, a graphic novel, if you will. And Mm. it's 10 stories. And so that's my pick is Grief by Frank Gogol. But the larger topic is I need to find more of these independent graphic novels that I can just love because I do not care about multiverses and action heroes. I love, I love seeing the movies. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. I am not going to be a comic book nerd in that universe though. However, it's graphic novels. It's It's daunting. And to me right now, uninteresting. The, these graphic novels though, as a, as a new means of storytelling for me, I'm loving like the idea that I can read the five words, but then I need to examine the art to fully understand what is happening. That the art is not just an illustration of what was said, that there's actually plot in the art that isn't expressed in the words. Yes. This is a new way of reading for me and I'm fascinated by it. I need to find more.
1: And I think, I mean, there's t- there's tons of amazing, uh, well, comics in general, but like indie, I think that's why indie comics appeal to a lot of people, and I, I'll i use indie in air quotes here, because there's like Image Comics, which does like, right. maybe the most famous right now is Saga. I mean, you can call that an indie, but it's indie and in only that it's not on Marvel or DC, but <laughs> I mean, they are massive. To be
0: fair, Image has some awesome stories.
1: They, they do, they, they totally do. So, yeah, what... Yeah, I struggled with getting into comics as an adult and my friend kept forcing the Watchmen on me and I was resistant and then for my like 24th birthday he just bought it for me. It was like, "Here, read The Watchmen." I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna read The Watchmen." And then I sat down and read it and I was blown away And uh, that. The Watchmen me.
0: was that was the first graphic novel I ever purchased. That was a it's, few years ago, but
1: it's that's one of those rare ones where it's really hyped and then you do finally experience it and at least in my case it lived up to the hype and surpassed it right right you know yeah it wasn't like one of those things where people say this is really good and then you watch or listen or read it and then you go well for the time you know it's because there's a lot of like great stuff that's like totally doesn't really hold up in modern era and you have to like recontextualize it like well for the time uh but i think the Watchmen is one of those rare ones where you can just like give it to someone in 2018 and they're like holy shit
0: right so how do you find new stuff now
1: so the, so this is back Because I don't read a ton right now And I need to get back into it But at the time, when I was super into it I followed a lot of the artists on Instagram and Tumblr And you end up learning Or actually artists, artists and writers You end up learning yeah. who you like Who you don't like So one of my absolute favorites is Kawi-Sue DeConnick and her husband Matt Fraction They both had really excellent runs On Marvel Comics But they also do um, independent uh, stuff on image. And so, yeah. And then just going to, com- I mean, this is such a boring recommendation, but going to the comic book store and asking the guy behind the, the, the guy or girl behind the counter, like, Hey, what do you recommend? Cause they get that question a thousand times a day. I mean, that's, the, that's their job, right? Like it's like, it's the high fidelity thing that's kind of died off, but you comics, it's still definitely a thing where you can go in and say, I'm looking for a comic and they're not going to go, Oh, here, here's the walking dead by, they're going to go, okay, who is this for? What are they, what are your interests? What are, you know? So it's like, uh, I think doing that is really helpful.
0: I tried that at the local comic book shop where there, it's oh. a huge selection. I mean, walls and walls mm. of comics that I don't know where to start with. So I asked and she basically told me a lot about her favorites that they didn't carry. <laughs> and i i i walked away with with a hard copy of uh night creatures by uh gaiman uh neil gaiman and oh, okay. that i that was I awesome i i love that oh me too i i between neil gaiman and amanda palmer i don't think you could go a day mm-hmm. in this house without hearing about one or the other um but But I really, I wanted, she knew a lot. And she gave me some pointers, places to look, uh, things to look for, more to the point. Mm -hmm. Um, I do want to start exploring uh, comics on my iPad. Uh, Get into comicsology and find, apparently, uh, and I haven't tested this, Kindle actually has a comic reader built in on the iPad. And you can rent or borrow if you have a library card you can borrow mm-hmm. graphic mm-hmm. novels from the library and read them on Kindles I, I see I got to get into this cuz I feel like that's a really easy cheap way to start finding stuff
1: Super gotten to the library recently that sounds really corny but I was like wait I haven't gone to the library since I was a kid and literally had to go there to get books to do papers because internet was not considered a valid source Right Um, and then I went to the library and I was like, Oh, all those books that I buy that I don't end up actually reading or I read once. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Why don't I use the library? I was like, I'm an, I'm an idiot. Why haven't I used the library all these years?
0: Yeah, no, I actually need to go get a new library card. Mine is so old it expired. And there's this Mm -hmm. weird block for me. Somehow I haven't done it yet and I can't explain why. But there are new uh, iPhone apps like Libby. Um, the, in my area, the public library system has their own apps where you can check out digital books, and they come they mm-hmm. still have due dates, which I yeah, I don't fully understand, but something about like the licensing for the library, they buy so many licenses, and they can loan them to an extent and then one person has yeah. to give it up before someone else can take it and so it functions just like a public library and uh right now i'm i'm i really want to start using this app libby which looks really fun but i can't you know do anything yet cuz i have to actually go to a library and renew <laughs> we'll get there though this uh when you were talking about artists you said i want to say how do we sue what, what was this name Ke-
1: sorry Ke- kelly sue de um she is one of my favorites and she's uh, i think acquaintances uh, at this point with with merlin um in company but yeah uh she is one of my absolute favorites she does she did a captain marvel run that's marvel comics uh so it's like a superhero book but it's fantastic And then she's got one called Pretty Deadly that is, like, some of the most beautiful art I've seen. So Kelly's the writer, and then the—I want to say the artist's name is Emma. I'm blanking. Um, Anyways, art's beautiful. It's, like, a gothic fantasy western. It's very bizarre. Um, And it is one of my absolute favorites. So if you're into like Neil Gaiman stuff, you can probably hang with pretty deadly.
0: Will you send me some links after the show? I'll include in (laughs) the show notes for this. All right. (laughs) Absolutely. Um,
1: Yeah. I love recommending comics to to people. Oh,
0: that'll be fun. All right. So we should wrap here. Uh, Let's talk about where people can find you. Uh, I can say off the top of my head that you are JSATK uh, on Twitter and you are also blogging occasionally at JSATK.us. I'm absolutely going to link your italics, Vim, Emacs, Vim, Tmux article (laughs) because that's delightful. Uh, Where else would you want people to find you?
1: Uh, That's probably enough me. I'm JSATK on most everything that I can grab that handle on. I think I was back when Twitter counted character counts. Um, and I had like a Twitter name that I was trying to, wasn't really happy with. And I was inspired by you and a few other people who kind of have these short handles that, that at least to readers don't really mean anything. Like maybe, I don't know, maybe TT Scoff means something that I'm not familiar with, but it just, I just essentially that as Oh, this is this weird string of characters that means Brett Terpstra. And so I wanted something like that. And so I just made kind of a shortening, ver shortened version of my initials and just grabbed that ID on everything.
0: Yeah. For, for the record. And I, I do explain this anytime someone asks, but my, my, my name, when poke rock records, like seven inches were published with me on them. Mm-hmm. My name was always T. T. Scoffla. And I'll, I'll stop the story there. There's an origin of the TT part too, but uh, then I got you know my first internet account back when you couldn't have spaces or punctuation in your name and you only had so many characters and it just became TT Scoff at that point.
1: Yeah, mine were all terrible and embarrassing and then I just was like, all right, I'm going to come up with something that is hopefully not embarrassing. So, yeah.
0: All right, so JSATK.
1: Yep. So yeah, if you follow me on Twitter, be be prepared for lots of uh, anecdotes about music and not a lot of JavaScript talk.
0: Perfect. (laughs) All right. And uh, you know where to find me. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Thanks, Jesse, for the extra time today.
1: Yeah, this is the best. I had a blast. And thank you for having me.
0: I'm going to be promoting MacStock 2018 for the next few months. So here's your reminder for this episode. I'll be at MacStock this year giving a talk amidst an awesome speaker lineup. If you haven't signed up yet and you can make it to the Chicago area July 21st and 22nd, head to MacStockConferenceAndExpo.com. If you use the coupon code INDIENERD, you can get $70 off a weekend pass. It's a great chance to meet up with your favorite Mac and iOS loving podcasters, bloggers, personalities, as well as fellow Apple lovers. Visit max.conferenceandexpo.com and use the coupon code INDIENERD, I-N-D-I-E-N-E-R-D. Hey, thanks for listening to another episode of Systematic. You can find me at brettterpstra.com and as TTScoff on every platform, including Facebook, Twitter, GitHub, Last.fm, and probably a bunch you've never heard of. Just search for TTSCOFF. You can also find Systematic on Twitter, so to tweet at me and my guest, and for updates and announcements, follow Systemcast, S-Y-S-T-M-C-A-S-T. If you're loving Systematic, don't forget to go leave an inspiring iTunes review. Thanks for listening.